What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Oz Hoopers TV. Um, big week of NBL. Uh, this week, we've got every single day has an NBL game on it, which is huge. There was a big game tonight between Hawks and Adelaide 36ers, which was yesterday for the people listening. Bullets are being inconsistent again this week. We spoke about it last week. So we'll talk about NBL round eight today. We'll go through a few performances of the NBA, NBL, college, um, and then we'll get to our questions of the week. Hesh, how you been? I've been good, bro. Long days, cushion days, but as always, love being on the court. So it's been good. Plenty of NBL back up and running now. So keen to to chop that chop that stuff up and, and talk about that. So yeah, no, I've been good. For sure. First question: Did you go to the Bullets Kings game? No, I did not go. I was Ooh. planning on going, and then got held up a little bit and <clears throat> couldn't make it out there. But I did catch the majority of it. Yeah, kind of turned it off in the fourth, to be honest. Yeah, um, I went to my first NBL game of the season, which was Bullets Kings. Um, great game at Nissan Arena. Bullets came back. I think they had a twenty to five scoring run in the fourth. Uh, over overtook the Kings and won the game. Uh, but then it was short lived because two days later they got thumped by the Kings, which doesn't really make any sense. We talked about it last week. The Bullets being inconsistent. Um, so they were, those were two big games in the NBL last week. Perth beat the Hawks. Um, does this change your mind on who can win a series between these two? Because Hawks were up quite a bit in the first quarter, um, and then Perth came back and ended up winning by 15 to 20 points. Um, so does this change your mind who could win a three, five-game series between the Perth and the Illawarra Hawks? Uh, no, it doesn't change my mind. Okay. Um, I, I think both teams are dangerous, man. Um, I think I initially had... Um, Perth out, just missing out on the top four. But, you know, with the addition of, I think we did that, maybe it was after or before Vic Law, I'm not too sure. But either way, watching Vic Law and Bryce play, like those guys are certified MVPs, so they could beat anybody. But at the same time, you look at the Hawks roster, they're stacked and we've said they're probably the favourites. So uh, it doesn't really change my mind on anything. Um, that game was a coin toss, just as most of the games seem to be proven to be. Yeah. Right? Hard to see, hard to pick anything, bro. But it's it's good basketball to watch, mostly. Um, while we're talking about top four and the, between Illawarra and Perth, um, maybe the conversation is not between those two teams. I think those two teams are the favourites. Um, the conversation might shift to Melbourne United. Melbourne United are one of the bigger franchises in the NBL, maybe the biggest. Um, and they are currently seven wins and two losses. They started zero wins and two losses, and they are currently on a seven-game win streak um, with only one import, which is very impressive. Are, King, are the Melbourne United legit? Yeah, they're legit. Okay. They're legit. Veteran presence, man. They just get it done. You know what I mean? Like They never look flustered. They never seem to be like playing with intense amount of energy. Or I just feel like they're, they're not coasting to wins, but they look like they're cruising, man, and they look like they're having fun and they're getting it done, you know. Um, so they're 100% legit. Chris Goulding is out of this world. Did you see that three ball that he hit? Mm, he's facing the other way and just elevated, upper body squared up and just launched it, bro. Like it's ridiculous. It's unreal shooting ability, man. And he just airballed the one before that. Like a guy doesn't care. And when yeah. he's playing with that confidence, bro, they're, they're crazy. Like you you mentioned too, one import, Caleb Agada, he's proven to be coming into his own, filling that role well. Um, so, I'm, I'm, yeah, they're legit, definitely. Definitely. Joe Luala-Chul is playing out of his mind. Um, we'll get onto him a little bit later. Um, but how much do, do you think their winning 
uh, weighs on Dean Vickerman? I mean, it has to weigh on him a, a fair bit. I've always maintained this, that it's hard to really know. Being a coach myself, I would hate to be judged on wins and losses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a lot of my work gets done in preparation. It gets done in culture building. It's done in building relationships with players and all that type of stuff. Um, so I don't want to say Melbourne are winning games, Dean Vickerman's the GOAT, but I'm, I would you would assume that in the professional level, a coach has a lot to do with how they operate and what they do. And, you know, he's proven to be successful at Melbourne for a long time. So you can't keep him out of the equation that he's had a lot to do with their success. Um, so I would say he's, he's a big part of it. And most of the players report good things about him for the most part, you know, like he's, he's a player's coach, he's hard when he needs to be, but he's he's good with all the players and, you know, maintains good relationships. So I think he would have, would have to say he has a big part of their success. Yeah, for sure. Um, some people that stood out to me in the last round of the NBL, Will Magne uh, looked very good for the Jack Jumpers. He had five blocks, he was swatting everything. Um, against Southeast Melbourne. Uh, he also had 10 points. Um, hopefully he can keep it up. He is a very good big in this league, and I think he can um, solidify that if he keeps putting up those sort of numbers. Um, some people that aren't really standing out to me, uh, Isaiah Moss, he made, I know he's only coming back uh, recently off an injury, but he did make two appearances for the Bullets. Didn't get much playing time. Um, didn't really defend well when he was on the court. Didn't really look like he was fitting in. Bullets really need that firepower off the bench. Hopefully he can find his feet. Not saying he won't. Um, Hopefully he will. He looks like a lights out shooter. I know Derek Rucker, he's been working out with him. Um, Derek's saying that he's going to be a good player in this league. So hopefully Isaiah Moss finds his feet and starts getting minutes for the Bullets. The Bullets are looking, their rotations aren't looking too good, in my opinion. Uh, I know James Duncan is a high regarded coach, but the rotations so far have, have been a little bit iffy. Um, I feel like we're playing a lot of players and we're shifting in and players in and out every couple of minutes. Um, I think we've got to keep the same lineups on for a little bit longer. Um, Hopefully we can make a run with that team because bullets are very inconsistent at the moment. Um, Another player, Dusty Hannes. Uh, He's currently coming off the bench now for Adelaide, which is a little bit interesting. He's also not playing uh, not even half the game. I think he's playing 18 to 16 minutes. Uh, He's shooting sub 30% from deep. He had another rough one tonight against uh, the per, uh, sorry Illawarra Hawks. So Dusty Hannes uh, not doing as well as we thought he would, um, as a, and as well as um, and as well as people thought he would. But I think Dusty Hannes is one of those guys they can bring off the bench and light it up. I think Adelaide do need to sign a third import based on how they're going so far. They did lose by eleven plus against the Hawks tonight. Which, are, which is the best team in the league, according to everyone. But yeah, Adelaide, they do need to get that third import, but they're my studs and duds. I don't know who else who, who else does studs and duds, but they're my studs and duds of NBL round eight. Anyone, anyone else standing out to you? Cam Bearstow as well is stepping up really yeah, well for Adelaide. Yeah, yeah. He's killing it. Cam. What about what about Harry Froling tonight? Almost went oh. to bed, Killed him. <laughs> yeah, he had the hot hand. He was playing like NBL one, Harry Froling. Yeah, he was killing it, bro. Yeah, like, shout yeah. out to Harry too, man. I know he's been through a bit of a rough patch in terms of just finding his feet and finding a consistent role and and had a lot of potential coming out of Marquette, man. And and I've actually worked him out a couple of times because he's a Sydney Sydney dude and I've had a, a, a nothing to do with his development, but I've worked him out once or twice and, you know, got to know him. Really, really good dude, man. He, you know, hopefully he finds his feet and that can be the start of something. So he, he was another one that performed really well, obviously, tonight or yeah, last night. Sure. You know? Froling Brothers absolutely killed Tore, yeah. tore them up tonight, Adelaide. Um, yeah. But yeah, 
looking looking good, Harry Froling tonight. Eight eight threes, eight for ten from deep. Um, so yeah, those 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 guys are some of the guys that stood out to us. Um, there was one more. Oh, Nathan Sobey looking in MVP mode lately. I know Bullets were down at like thirty points for the Kings in their second game against them this week. Um, and he was the only guy that looked like he wanted to be out there on the court. He was still showing aggression, still putting in passion. So shout out to Nathan Sobey. He had 30 points against him in the, the first game, um, which was paying $23, by the way, which is unreal. And Jalen Adams also had 33 against him. So Jalen Adams looking like he's going to heat up a little bit. Um, and Nathan Sobey looked like he's turning on MVP mode. College Hoops this week, Alex Fowler. Uh, from Portland had 32 points and 13 rebounds. Uh, Amy Atwell from Hawaii, she hit her 1,000-point mark uh, for the Hawaii women's basketball team, and she had 33 points this week. Um, and Reed Nottage, um, who we've mentioned a couple of times, put up two games with both 19 points. Um, Taryn Armstrong as well. Um, shout out to Taryn. He's been out, he's been out for a little bit, but shout out to Taryn. Um, he has been ranked. First time being ranked. The 20, first 2023 board mock draft has come out and he's an early second round pick, which is huge. He hasn't played too many games. He's not at a huge school. Um, he is top three in assists per game, which we presumed would get him on the eyes of some NBA um, teams. But you see his highlights. You see his athleticism. You see what Josh Giddy's done. Um, you, see the, you see the tall guards that, that have the vision and can score. Um, and it's it's hard it's hard to not it's hard to look past. So, are you surprised that Taron Armstrong's on the board this early? And are we going to see him in the NBA draft twenty twenty three? Am I surprised? No. I'm I'm an optimist, dude. I had conversations. Uh, one of my good friends, he, he's kind of involved in the basketball scene here, doing some club work and things like that. He used to be a, a high level coach he's had a bit to do with a lot of the college guys getting over there his name's Aspera Christian and we always have a debate about you know whether the pathway is set for certain guys to turn pro and get to the NBA and get to the NBA and you know we have debates he's he's more on the realistic side where he's like man nobody gets to the NBA like it's one in a billion like let it go like these guys should just get degrees take care of themselves get have a backdrop you know smart head talking whereas i'm more like dream chasing like nah anyone gets an nba you work hard enough all that type of stuff and i was telling him like i think taron's gonna end up on on some draft boards like he's gonna be a first rounder if not very very high up in the second round like he's really making noise and then literally the next day i saw ozub as you posted that thing that he ended up on what was the draft express yeah draft express yeah. so i mean i'm not surprised dude i think that the pathways there it's all about exposure and opportunity these days man there's so many good hoopers out there so many young good hoopers not just australian in the world but let's just stick to australians a lot of aussies that are doing damage man and if you realistically think about it man i know the nba is on like a pedestal so people think assume that to be an nba player you have to be so special but any elite basketball player in a professional league around the world or high level d1 player can survive on an nba court still the same sport you know still the same rules and on top of that, it's it's just a matter of, of being confident and playing your game. And Taron is doing that tremendously now. He's got the green light, can do what he wants, triple doubling, like high up there, top 10 assists in the country. So plays that type of confidence. I'm not surprised at anything. We, we've been talking about Taron for how long now? Since 19's Worlds, yeah? Yes. So we both know his talent level. So yeah, short answer, I'm not surprised and, and I'm happy for him. 
Can you see what Taryn does? Um, I like the answer, by the way. I'm keen to see what Taryn does because I saw a comment on our post saying, can he, can he um, try and make the NBA 2022 draft, which is the one coming up in June? Uh, I think it's June, July. Um, and I'm not sure. I think he can. Um, but I, I'm presuming the NBA mock draft um, and draft express analysis and stuff predict he's going to do another year at CBU. Um, does he stay at CBU um, where he's averaging top three in assists? He'll probably... Um, he has the ball in his hands right now, but next year, I can't imagine what he's going to be doing. He's going to be leading that team. Um, or does he come back to the NBL, play for the Jack Jumpers as the next star? Um, does he transfer? I'm sure there's other schools that will be offering him big um, big scholarships and stuff like that. So I'm keen to see what Taron does. I think he sticks it out at CBU. Um, it's working for him well so far. Um, but if not, maybe the NBL is probably the best route for him. Obviously, he has overtime elite and uh, NBA G League as well. Um, but yeah, keen to see what Taron does. Maybe maybe he plays and kills it at the end of this season, tries to go to NBA 2022 draft. Um, this week in the NBA, Patty Mills had 17 points against my Washington Wizards. Uh, he also added five boards, one assist and one block. Uh, they beat the Wizards in that game. Um, and he also had 21 points uh, and five threes against the Timberwolves. Uh, the Timberwolves ended up beating the Nets in that game. Josh Giddy had a career high this week. He had 21 points, nine boards, three assists. His new career high and season high, due to it being his rookie season, is 21 points. He outplayed LaMelo Ball. Um, I think LaMelo had three more assists, but Giddy had 11 more points. Um, Charlotte did come away with the win, though. So that might sway who outplayed who. Josh Giddy, 21 points. Um, he's currently still sitting at fifth on the NBA rookie ladder. The people in front of him are Franz Wagner, Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, Cade Cunningham. All fair. What's that? Sorry. I think that's all fair. Like, yeah, I think so as well. Those guys. So I, think, right I think he's going to climb. Um, I think he can get in front of Franz Wagner. Um, but yeah, I think all rookie first team is looking very good for him. The people below him are kind of shifting in and out. I think there's Herbert Jones from the Pelicans. Um, Jalen Green is bouncing up and down. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga is coming up recently. But, yeah, I think he's a he's a solid spot in the top five NBA rookies so far. We'll get into our questions of the week. Um, got an interesting one for you. You might need to take some time to think about it. Uh, I heard Homicide on the commentating talk about um, – he, he, he wouldn't stop saying it. During the Melbourne United game, I forgot who they played, but he was—he kept saying Joe Lawalichul is the best big in the league, best big man, best big man. Who do you think are the top three bigs in the NBL right now? And does Joe Lawalichul make your list? So the starters you have to pick out of is Jarrell Martin, yep. Joe Chi, yeah, Yanni Wetzel, Joe Chi, of course, yep. Joe Lawalichul, yeah, Will Magne, Do Up Breathe. Stefan Zimmerman, yeah. Zimmerman uh, Tyrell Harrison, Isaac Humphreys, and Matt Hodjo. Okay, I'm on pick three. In terms of scoring skill set, Joe Luar is up there. You can't question that. This guy's unbelievable skill. He's shooting the ball well. He's touching around the rim. He's good. His athleticism, second to none. His length, crazy. In terms of overall playing ability and who I like, their game style, and who I think is like a really good basketball player. Man, I'm going to go with Yanni Wetzel. Mm -hmm. I think he's so polished on the post. I think he's the best facilitating big. 
yeah. like very low maintenance. He makes good plays, like he dives, he hits, he hits divers flush to the rim, he hits the weak side on passes, he's right hand, left hand jump hook, like he sets good screens. I just feel like he's he's a, a, like just so polished playing the center. And I really like his game. So I think Yanni Wetzel. I think Duop rate numbers are just crazy. He's putting up ridiculous numbers on a team where there's ridiculous scorers around him. So the fact that he's, you know, commanding that type of presence and being able to consistently hoop like that and put up those numbers is credit to him. And then I'm going to have to go with Joe Luar third. Um, I don't know. Is that order correct? I don't know, man. It's so hard to say. It's a tough one. It's a really good question. Um, I think I'm I, I agree. On, I, I agree with. I think I'm sold on Yanni Wetzel number one. Yeah, I'm definitely sold on Wetzel number one. I think he is currently playing the best at the five position this season. Is he the best center? Maybe not, but is he playing the best? Yes, I think so by far. And then I also agree with Duop Reith. Um, but yeah, it's a real toss toss up between Joe Lawal, Joe Chi even makes a case. Um, Jarrell Martin makes a huge case. And then Isaac Humphreys, when he's healthy, it's hard to not put Isaac Humphreys in um, because he was up there for MVP, but he, had, he, had, he hasn't really played much this season at all. So it's yeah. hard to put him in. But yeah, I think Yanni Wetzel do up Reith, and then it's really a toss up who you want to put at the three. Yeah, I mean, Joe Lawal makes a push to be number two, too. Like, you know, he's, he's playing well, dude. My only right with him is he doesn't pass the ball, man. Yeah, just never like he takes some really questionable shots. So does Duop Reed, to be honest. Mm-hmm. All about numbers type things. So I'm not sure if if I like some some of the shots that I think he's exceptionally skilled. I think he's amazing. I just think I wish he'd facilitate the ball a little bit more and play out of the low post and find cutters and find shooters. I think he could average just with the attention that he draws. He could, especially with shooters that he has on his team, he could average three or four assists a game. Yeah, um, which you know. I mean, does it take away from his aggressiveness? Probably. So probably numbers will drop across the board. But I don't know. Just I just like seeing guys that can that can facilitate, you know. For sure. Well, I agree with it. Wetzel, Joe Lawal, and Wraith. I like the three. Right. Yeah, I like that. I think those three. Yeah. All right. My question for you. Do you think basketball Australia slash state basketball associations? slash anybody or authority that's in charge or has the ability to do so should try and push for a college system in Australia, filtering from high school through to college, or do you think it has to be private club association-based stuff that we're doing right now, like, you know, NBL1, like, and then filtering down to youth league in 18, 16s, and then, you know, nationals and across the board. Like, do you think there should be another system? The same way America has AAU ball, and then they have high school ball around the country, and they have all these different divisions and all these different places where you can get scouted and ranked, and, you know, it's just so detailed and intricate. Do you think a push in the college scene would would make sense? Um, Good question. Um, I like it. But the way Basketball Australia is currently doing it, I don't mind it. I think each state should kind of develop a system where it's kind of easier to kind of, you know, watch these kids play and kind of base where they're sitting on how they're currently playing. I don't I don't think, like, Basketball New South Wales, I know they have a lot of leagues and a lot of different stuff, but it, it is all a little bit confusing to me how they run it over there. Um, I think Basketball Queensland does a really good job I mean, they do their they do their rep, 
And then once a year, they bring all the rep teams down to this one comp and they verse each other um, from all across Queensland. So every rep team is at that competition. It's the best 18 year olds in Queensland playing in that competition. Um, and then they play and the winner comes out. And I think that's a really good system to do in Queensland. And then they have their schools, which is by divisions. Um, I'm not sure how every other state does it. Um, I know, I know there's places that do like um, Vic does their Vic country tournament and all this other stuff. Um, but yeah, college system, like explain what you mean by like college system. Like do you, like, do you think they, they should, should make uni games and stuff like that? Or do you mean well, like, yeah, uni games is just the, the pinnacle right now. You know what yeah. I mean? It's a joke. It's a piss up. You go there for a week, get trashed every week, you party. It's nothing about college. Like, but should there be a system where they're like, they're scholarship athletes and the universities play against each other regularly and there's national championship. And, you know, if you crown the, the national championship, university championship, instead of a one week piss up. Yeah, exactly. Going from, you know, the, some of these high school tournaments are pretty cool. Like, you know, you film some some cool stuff in Queensland uh, amongst some of the, the rivalries in high school and high school basketball in Sydney. You know, it ebbs and flows. Some some years are really talented and there's a lot of talent. Other years, there's not so much. But overall, some of the the, the high school hoopers, people have pride about their high school, you know, and there's yeah. shit talk about it and people's schools wanting to be better and programs are competing against each other. But then it just drops off and then everyone goes to uni and just does a degree and, and chills and goes to lectures and this and that. Like, it's like no one even knows who plays for Sydney Uni or, or University of Queensland. Who would even know who plays on their team? I'm saying, should they hype that up and should it be like a filtration system from high school through to, you know, I'm just trying to base it on how successful the American system is. I don't know the Philippines ripped that off and it's really successful over there. Kind of filters into the pros, you know? Yeah. I think, I think the college kind of, um, environment and atmosphere would really take that on like the unis and stuff like that i feel like they'd really enjoy it but um i just don't think it'll take a while before australia get really gets into it like that high school basketball yeah. there's some high schools that really turn it up you know they got the band in the crowd the crowd's full they're starting chance like, they'll fill it out and the high schools do really well with that um so yeah if, imagine, you can find a just way. imagine if you had like sydney uni coming up to exactly to, to uq this weekend and you can go and film like some of the Sydney town, you know, a couple of pro future pros coming up there. You exactly. Know, it'd, be cool. it'd be cool content to kind of film. And, you know, that I'm sure you could pull a crowd into a game like that. Like, I don't know. I just feel like the university system is built on, on pride and representing a university and doing all that. Like, why wouldn't you have a legitimate sporting, like they have rugby, Sydney Uni rugby plays first grade over here. Yeah. Um, Sydney Uni cricket plays first grade. Yeah. But then basketball just drops off, and I, you know why wouldn't you take advantage of that? Like the program's not bad. One of the coaches out here, his name is Tom Garlock. He coaches, you know, a school called Riverview, um, who are in the GPS. They're a high-level basketball school, and then he coaches Sydney Uni as well. And I'm thinking he's trying to build a program pretty much full time. I think at Sydney Uni and Riverview, like between them both, building a program. Um, there's a few hoopers that he has playing at Sydney Uni, but the competition that they're playing in is there's no exposure. There's no one even knows when they play. Like there's nothing going on, you know. Yeah. So, you know, just, just thoughts I have, like, how can we yeah, get better here, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of people would think about that. You know, why is there no college? Like, like you said before, when we were talking about ranking players, um, you said once they get ranked, where do they go? You know what yeah. I mean? So maybe that could lead into the college. And if people are handing out scholarships and they see people ranked and stuff like that, maybe they could be handing yeah. them out like that. Because there's, there's a lot of mid-level players that get to that level and they don't really have anywhere to go, you know? No way, that's right. I do a Bachelor of Arts, bro, and then end up smoking yeah. weed for a year and drinking up. Yeah, facts. It's funny, but it's the truth.
yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll wrap it up there. We appreciate you guys jumping on. Um, we'll pump out some content this week on our Instagram. So make sure you guys follow that. Um, we're still waiting on Caleb Agata to give us the approval to post his interview. Um, we've got a few more guests coming on from the NBL, WNBL. Um, so we're really excited to drop those. We appreciate you guys for continuing, continuing to support us. Um, and we'll catch you on the next episode.